0: according to St. Mark, the 7th chapter, Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him and taking him aside from the crowd privately, even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In the 1960s, the Roman Catholic Church gathered together for what is called the Second Vatican Council. At this council, the Catholic Church addressed the relationship of the church with the modern world. For the sake of simplicity, one of the major things that came out of the Second Vatican Council was the central idea that the laity, that is, you, the laity, the laity ought to participate in the liturgy of the church more so. In other words, there was a desire that the laity ought to be more heavily involved on Sunday mornings in the ministry of the church. Now, the unspoken reason for this was that an involved laity in the church would actually inspire and transform the laity to be more involved on the outside walls of the church itself. The thought was quite simple. If the laity were excited about reading scripture, if the laity were excited about leading perhaps music and other things within the church service, well, they would be excited about doing ministry to the world the other six days of the week. The other six days of the week. And so, since the 1960s, we have seen more and more laity being involved in Sunday morning church services. In fact, it is not uncommon, it is not uncommon in many non-Catholic churches, in very much Protestant churches, that the majority of the church services are led by the laity, laity doing announcements, laity reading scripture, and laity leading the music itself. And the pastor actually having a very minor role. In fact, it's not uncommon to see in American Christianity whole church services being led by youth, even youth taking a shot at preaching. Now, we need to be very, very clear here. We need to be perfectly clear here. I need you to hear me very clearly. It is good to see laity expressing interest in the local church. It is good to see the laity wanting to be involved in the local church. Please hear that clearly for me. However, in the midst of everything that has come since the 1960s, there's a fundamental flaw. There's a fundamental flaw in this kind of thinking. That flaw is this, that it is better to speak And it's better to do than it is to listen. One more time. The flaw is that it is better to speak and it is better to do than it is to listen. Now, dear friends, whether intended or not, since Vatican II, what is often communicated in the modern church is that leading a church service is somehow better than following in a church service. It's often believed that sitting in a pew, such as these pews here, you sitting in the pew, that it's often believed that sitting in the pew is somehow secondary, secondary to standing in a pulpit right here. That is to say, sitting in the pew is often considered like junior high football, (laughs) players sitting on the bench, wanting to play, play varsity, put me in coach, I want to be in the real action. In fact... It is often communicated that those who are up front are somehow better. They're better and more spiritual than those sitting in the pews. And so sitting in the pew is often viewed as being ah, secondary. It's viewed as being lazy, inactive, boring. Again, listening with ears in the pews is supposedly not important. Whereas speaking, though, speaking and doing things up front, so much better so much more pristine and prestigious. But if this is the case, if this is the case, though, why did Jesus heal the deaf man in a reading from the Gospel of Mark? He certainly did not need to, for the man could already see, could already walk, he could do most other things very well, most likely with his hands. If hearing is not important also, why did the old Lutheran pastors from 500 years ago lick their fingers and place those spitty little fingers in the ears of the babies, saying, Ephatha, be opened. If listening is subpar and secondary and unimportant, why did Jesus tell his followers to listen over 120 times in the Gospels? Now, perhaps this might all seem a bit confusing, though. After all, so many churches in America are frustrated and dissatisfied with people not wanting to get up front in the church service, to lead the church service. I kid you not. Pastors and church leaders in America will actually be grumbling behind the scenes, behind the backs of parishioners, that many laity, they just, you know, they just sit in the pews and they're reluctant to get up front to read scripture or lead music or publicly perform some spiritual activity. They will have staff meetings. They will have staff meetings with the question, how can we get them out of the pew? How can we get them out of the pew to be active in our church services on Sunday morning? As if sitting in the pew is a bad thing. So what's going on here? Our reading from the Epistle of Romans clues us in a bit. We hear from the Apostle Paul that the church can neither call on Jesus nor trust in Jesus unless the church has first heard from Jesus. And so what this means is that a strong church, a strong church is not characterized by all that it is doing, but by how intently the church is listening to Jesus' words. You see, you, yes you, you and I, we cannot have strong faith unless we first listen. We cannot even begin to consider how to love our neighbor until we first have understood how Christ has loved us and to hear that over and over again. Christian maturity, mark this, Christian maturity is not found in how fast your lips and your feet are moving for the Lord, but whether you are listening to God's word. And so to be very honest with you, and to be very, very honest with you, very blunt, I do not trust individuals who are bored with sitting in the pew and want to be a pastor up front? I really don't trust them. Sure, being a pastor is a noble thing. We should note that. It is very, very good. It is good for people to desire to be a pastor, to go to seminary, to seek out the ministry for the sake of blessing the flock. However, wanting to be a pastor because you are tired of listening in the pew. Wanting to be a pastor because you want to be up front in the church service because sitting in the pew listening to God's word is somehow beneath you? Seeing the pew as junior high and not varsity, and seeing the pulpit as varsity and the pew as junior high? Uh, that's not a sign, my friends. That's not a sign of a spiritual mature person, but a sign of a fool. Did hear that correctly? It's a sign of a fraud. It's indeed a fool, indeed. A pastor should always, he should always covet his parishioners' pews, knowing that his parishioners have the best seat in the house. I stand here some days on a personal note. How I wish I could sit there and just simply hear, these are the best seats in the house right here. And you as parishioners, They should look at the pastor and know that the most coveted place in the church are not this lectern and not this pew, but right there in that pew. You see, baptized saints, the fundamental flaw in our day and age is that we have reversed the order of so many things in Christianity. We would rather be the shepherd than the sheep. We would rather be the potter rather than the clay. We'd rather be the master, not the servant. We'd rather be the vine and not the branch. We'd rather be the teacher and not the disciple. We'd rather lead. Ah, we'd rather lead than follow. And we'd rather, yes, we would rather speak than listen. We'd rather do rather than hear. And we'd rather be up front rather than in the pew. Hear this loud and clear. Christianity is not, I repeat, it is not primarily about being the hands and feet of Jesus, but it is about listening to Jesus. But you may say to yourself, and, and, and consider this, but does this mean that the church should not be concerned about its mouth and its hands and its feet? Should we not confess? Should we not serve? Should we not go? By no means. That is not the point. The point is this, that faith comes from hearing. Hearing. And without faith, we cannot confess. And without faith, we certainly cannot do good works. Never forget that good works, they flow from faith. And so, a church that does not listen cannot confess. If a church is not listening, it cannot confess. And if a church is not listening, it cannot do true good works. In other words, a busy church with busy hands, with busy, loud mouths that does not listen is nothing more than an empty bottle. It's an empty bottle of trash. A church may be active, and may be vibrant, it may be loud and busy and full of all sorts of busy little people, but if there are no ears to hear God's word, they're nothing more than an old crusty donut without cream filling. This is why it is so important for God to put ears on sinners. You heard that correctly. It is so important for God to put ears on sinners. God puts ears on sinners so that they would listen to his word. This means that Christianity is best represented by the human ear, not the human hand or mouth. And so as an ear, you are not meant to primarily give and do things for Christ, but primarily to receive all good things from Christ. Remember, you're the bride of Christ. And as his bride, you trust, you receive You rest and rejoice in his good gifts. Ears are meant to receive. Yes, you are given ears to hear the most powerful words in the world and to hear them often, to hear these words, Ephatha, be open. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are forgiven. And there's more. With ears to hear, you are not meant to hear this word of forgiveness one time and then venture off into this world with your hands and feet. Heavens, no. In the Christian faith, you don't use your ears one time and then they just happen to fall off your head. No, ears are meant for more than just hearing one time. They're meant to hear and to hear often. Hear often from Christ's word in his blessed church. And so the point being, my friends, you can never hear about forgiveness too much. That should make us so glad. We can never hear about forgiveness too much. You can never hear too much of God's word. As a Christian, your ears are meant to hear those words, I forgive you. You are forgiven in Christ's sake. All is complete in Christ. You are meant to hear that every single day. This is why Christ opened them in the first place and gave you ears to hear. He wants you not to hear and to not believe the blabbering devil, the jabbering world, and that that prattling old sinful nature. But instead, he wants you to hear through his word how he has done all things well for you. He wants you to hear truth. He wants you to hear life. He wants you to hear salvation. As you muddle through this veil of tears together with one another, He wants you to hear from his church that as good or as bad as it gets in this life, that he is with you, that he's redeemed you, not with gold or silver, but with his precious and mighty blood, and that he will resurrect you on that last day. Baptized saints, the greatest participation in the divine service is not in the giving end of gifts. It's not in the giving end of gifts, but on the receiving end. Of Christ's gifts. You who have ears gladly hear and receive this day. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us <music> righteous bright where